Our theme this year is family. Jesus is ministering to us. How many of you know we need Jesus in our families? We need all the help we can get, Lord. We need you to minister. The first miracle that Jesus ever performed was at a wedding. Jesus believed in family. He ministered to families. And uh, immediately at a wedding, there was a crisis, and Jesus ministered right to it. It's the Cana work. Uh, I prefer to title this Running on Empty. I don't know how many marriages and families right now are running on empty, but Jesus has got the fuel to fix it. Amen? I want to read to you this story. It's a very brief one, and uh, it will help you understand what we're talking about. It's found in John chapter 2. If you will follow along, I will read it to you. On the third day was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they don't have any wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what's that got to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 and 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they did. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water did know, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. It's a tremendous story of Jesus' first miracle. I think it's important that we understand it took place in a family setting. This family, this bridegroom and bride, obviously were friends of the family of Jesus. They invited Jesus' mother, and they invited Jesus, probably his brothers and sisters as well. The whole family was there. Jesus uh, brought his disciples with him. By this time, Jesus had begun his ministry. He had been in the wilderness temptation. He came out, and uh, he began calling his disciples by the seashore. He called out Peter and Andrew. He called out James and John. And so uh, they're be going to begin the ministry, and he says, you know what? We got this wedding. We're on our way to Capernaum. He was going to move to Capernaum. That's where his headquarters was going to be for his ministry. But before he reached there, he said, you know what? We got this thing we got to do, this wedding. Come on, let's go. See, all the, they all went to the wedding. His mother Mary, Miriam, must have somehow been involved in helping out the situation as all the women gathered. And it's interesting that uh, there's a timing to everything God does, isn't there? And in the timing of this, 
They're coming together for this wedding. Now, interesting in the wedding, a Jewish wedding is about seven days long of celebration. So about a year before that, the bridegroom goes to the bride's father and asks for her hand in marriage, pays the dowry, they make a contract, and they drink the cup of redemption from Passover meal because he's purchasing a bride. As they drink that cup, then the bridegroom goes and he says, I'm now going to prepare a place for my bride. And so he's going to prepare a place onto his father's house. About a year later, he's going to return and come for his bride. And uh, in the suspense of all this, typically in a Jewish wedding, uh, the bridegroom would come at night around midnight to bring some excitement. His best man would cry out, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Prepare yourself for the bridegroom. They'd blow a trumpet. He'd look down into the village to see if there was a light lit for at his house where his bride was waiting for him. He would go down and he would get her. He would bring her back. <coughs> they would come together and they would go into a separate room and they would consummate the marriage. Once the marriage was consummated and they brought out the bedsheet to declare her virginity and now the covenant being made, the feast would begin. It's the third day of the feast and they're running out of wine. We got a problem here. Now, they didn't have a 7-Eleven to run up and get some wine. Uh, there wasn't running water, you know, they couldn't go get a hose and and. Uh, get everything they needed. There's a crisis here. And you have to figure that what's happening, if you'll look at the gospel situation, it is right before Passover. So most of the wine is already collected for the, the people to celebrate Passover. So there's a limited amount of wine. They have to find out what they're going to do. I would imagine that already they were concerned about it that the women are going, I told you to get wine, where's the wine, we're running out of wine, I couldn't get any more wine, I don't know what to do, we got to get some wine. So they're going to run around, who's got wine, do you got wine, I don't know. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They didn't just run out and go, oh my goodness, we didn't realize. They knew it was coming. But Mary has an idea. I'm going to go talk to Jesus. And she only says one thing, we ran out of wine. He says, woman, what's that got to do with me? Now that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But in Hebrew, the concept of calling your mother woman is not a derogatory, it's not a standoffish thing. In fact, it's the same phrase he used while he was hanging on the cross. And he looked to Mary and he said, woman, here is your son. So it is a phrase of ma'am or mother and so forth. It is, it is a common phrase that you would call your mother. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. And so what prompted Jesus to do the work here is the Father. How do we know this? Because Jesus said that he did no work of his own, but only what he saw his Father doing. And so Mary comes to him and says, they don't got any wine. He says, mother, woman, what's that got to do with me? My time has not yet come. But his time of miracles had come. 
What I love about Mary is she asked of the Lord, and then she said this, great, great words of advice to the servants. Do whatever he says to do. Don't you love that? How many of us could learn how to pray like that? Do whatever you're going to do. See, when we pray, we pray, we need this, we need it now, we need you to do it like this, we need it done according to the way I have prayed, and we look for that one thing. Mary had no idea what he's going to do. All she knows is there's no wine. And all she knows is there's something about Jesus that has been changed, transformed. He's walking now in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Do it, whatever. Listen to him. He'll do it. And so for our families, brothers and sisters, you've been praying, you've been seeking God, you've been looking for an answer. Can I tell you what? Would you bring it to Jesus and let him do whatever he needs to do to make it happen. Amen? We route it a certain way. We have an expectation of this or that. And how many of you know that many times you're the problem? So do what he tells you to do. Listen to the Lord. That's the first thing in our need to pray for our families. That the timing has come where Jesus is going to have them do what they need to do. So what it says is that Jesus then tells them uh, he's going to supply a need that they have out of his riches. Amen? So he says, look it. Take these stone jars. There are six of them. Fill them with water. I find it fascinating that they identify these as the purification jars. So it quite possibly may be that the home that they were at was at a Levitical home, a Levitical house, those of the priesthood, because the purification jars were there. There were six of them. They were very large. And uh, they held, as the scripture said, 25 to 30 gallons of water. That's pretty big, okay? Six of them. Now, they were stone jars. That makes a difference between being pottery or clay jars. Because clay vessels absorb whatever they're holding. Clay vessels, whether they're holding water, whether they're holding wine, whether they're holding juices, whatever they're holding, they get absorbed into the clay and they're easily cracked and broken. These are stone jars. They are carved out of solid pieces of stone. They are not porous. Therefore, whatever they hold stays pure because they're purification jars. How many of you know that God's provision comes from Christ Jesus, who is the only pure and holy container of the Holy Ghost? Amen? Thank God for that. We're a bunch of clay jars. We're a bunch of clay vessels. How many of you know that we absorb the environment, the society, the culture, the woundedness, the pain that we've inherited from our family, that we've endured growing up and whatever, and we're the clay pots, basically a bunch of crackpots. But thank God, thank God for the one true vessel who is pure, who carries the remedy, who carries the answer to us. The pure living water of Jesus is His Holy Spirit. But now He has taken these earthen vessels and by His blood has cleansed you inside, outside, and upside down so that His Spirit of holiness can dwell in us. The answer for your family comes from Jesus. 
God wants your family well. God wants your family whole because God wants souls to be saved. And He wants to pour the pure wine of His Spirit, new wine, into our lives and into the containers of our families. And so we have to ask God to do what He will do for us. It's not because of how fervently you prayed. It's not because of how good of a boy or girl you've been. It's solely on the merit of Christ Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross for us. So pray with confidence. Do what he says. Jesus is your solution. When the enemy says you're not good enough to have a prayer answered, you say, I know I'm not, but he is. He's my solution. He's my purity. He is the vessel that holds all the promises of God for my life. That's my Jesus. And so they had them pour water, 25 to 30 gallons of water in each of those jugs, the purification jugs. Let's do some of the numbers here. (coughs) Pardon me. (coughs) Let's add up the math, okay? So it's said that each of these jugs uh, holds 20 to 30 gallons of water. We'll mark it at 25. You okay with that? Okay, I don't want any arguments. Six of them, six stone vessels at 25 gallons each. That means Jesus provided 150 gallons of wine. Come on. I thought we'd get through the night with two or three glasses. A hundred and fifty gallons. See, don't get in the way of God's answer. Amen? You know, He does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even imagine according to the power that is at work within us, His Holy Spirit. God has a solution for your family. He's not only going to provide the solution for this generation, He's looking to the next generation and to your cousins and to your relatives and to your friends and to the neighborhood. When He answers a prayer, He's going wide and deep. Amen? So let Him do the work. Now, consider this. If you were to Google the best wine and what it would cost... The average is $15,000 a bottle. Because you remember the master of ceremony took a drink of the wine and he said, what kind of wine was it? Mediocre? The best. The best wine. Dude, this is the best wine. Most people give us a glass at the beginning of the wedding and then it's watered down from here on out. Not you. You saved what? The best. So let's just in modern day, let's take a look at this best bottle of wine. Some go, it's crazy. I, I don't know what people spend their money on. But, you know, some of these bottles of wine go for $80,000, $50,000. I'm, I'm just going to bring it back down to, to good wine at 15000 a bottle. Huh. Aren't you glad you don't drink in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. 15000 a bottle. Now, wait a minute. It takes about five bottles of wine to make one gallon. 
Five bottles times 15,000 is $75,000 per gallon times 150 gallons comes to $11,250,000 worth of wine. And you wonder if Jesus can fix your problem. Come on, did Mary think this was going to... Jesus, they're running out of wine. He gave them 11, you know, in comparison, $11 million worth of wine, 150 gallons to answer the problem. When Jesus is here to bring a solution to your needs, it has power, it has authority, it will last, it will minister, and it will accomplish all that it was sent to do. I watch my word, says the Lord, to accomplish what I have sent it to do. Jesus is our supply. What you need from Christ in the solution of your family, He can deliver above and beyond what you're asking. He's not limited by the situation. The wine was all bought up for the season of Passover. It was the end of the harvest time. Where's He going to get wine? Jesus doesn't have to worry about where to get it. He's got to figure out where to put it. Amen? We need to have that kind of an attitude. Not when, but how am I going to handle all that Jesus is going to supply according to His riches in glory. Amen? And the supply was met to the glory of God. No one understood where this wine came from. No one figured it out. No one could understand how this happened except for whom? The servants who brought it. You see, Jesus said, I'm no longer going to call you servant, but I'm going to call you friend. You see, you know where the answers come from. You know the one who brings it. You know the one who is your solution. Everybody else may not understand it. They're going to thank the doctor. They're going to thank the chemo. They're going to thank the medicine. They're going to thank everything else. Thank God for those tools. Thank God for those avenues. But we understand who is the one that gives life and takes it away, who sustains and who answers prayer. Amen? We know that it's the wine of Jesus. And he said, this is the best wine. It is new wine. It is fresh wine. It's not contaminated. It's not the old stuff. It's not reused again. It is new and fresh, like his mercies are every morning. Amen. My family needs help. Your family needs help. There is a resource here. If you're running on empty, there is an ample supply found within the promises of God. Through Jesus Christ, who will supply all your needs. Amen? Now, let's look at how miraculous this is. Let's just understand how miraculous this is. He said, what I want you to do is he said, fill up that jar to the brim. Right? Potentially 25, 30 gallons worth of water. He said, fill every one of them up. And then he said, dip in the ladle and present it to the Master of ceremonies. At that point, see, I, I don't know where it happened. That's what I love about Jesus. 
I, I love an answer to prayer. When I don't know how it happened. <clears throat> I don't know when the thing took place. Did it, did it change when, when they finished pouring the water in? Did he say a prayer? Did he lay hands? Did he speak over it? Or was it the action of dipping in by faith to take that ladle to the master of ceremonies? I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened. All I know is it happened. Amen. I remember praying for my brother-in-law for seven years. This guy avoided me like the plague. He was sick of me. I took him to Christian concerts. I told him about the Lord. He wanted nothing to do with me. He was a hero of mine. I love my brother-in-law. Seven years I prayed for him. Seven years. His family, he was leaving my sister. His family was breaking up. And uh, he was all depressed and all sorts of things. Uh, I don't know what night it happened. I don't know how it happened. But one night he was watching TV PTL club or 700 club and he saw a testimony and for some reason somehow the water turned to wine. He got on his knees and asked Jesus into his life and it radically changed this man's life. So, so I don't know what it was going to take. I don't know who was going to do the work. All I know is Jesus made wine out of the water of that man's life. Amen. It was a miracle. And so water is a very simple element. It's H2O, two hydrogen, one oxygen. It's real simple in its makeup. This is not just some fancy little parlor trick. For water to be changed into wine, you literally have to change the molecular structure of that fluid. It went from hydrogen and oxygen to multiple sugars and yeasts and water and carbon and nitrogen and oxygen and hydrogen to begin to take on the smell, the flavor, the scent, and the molecular structure of wine. Scientifically, the symbol for water is H2O. The symbol for wine is much more complex. How do you get water to change into wine? You get God to tell it to change. It is a work of recreation. It was on the third day that this took place because in creation on the first day, everything's formed. On the second day, the water is separated from the land. And on the third day, vegetation brings forth the fruit. And that's what Jesus did. He just went back to the day of creation that he created all things. And by the spoken word, he spoke the separation of the waters to the fruit of the vine. Amen? That's my Jesus. He literally had to strip the water of its molecular structure and reinvent and ignite uh, wine into that water. Praise God. How many of you know that you need a radical molecular change in your family? It is not easy to change a hardened heart a stony heart into a beating heart for God. It is not easy to change a mind that is stubborn and made up into a mind that is now 
illuminated by the wisdom and revelation of who God is in the light of His glorious gospel. It takes a literal change by God to do it. And how many of you believe that He can? <clears throat> Don't give up on your daughter. Don't give up on your son. Don't give up on your mother. Don't give up on your father. Don't give up on your auntie. Don't give up on your uncle. And don't give up on Uncle Harry. You know that bum, that rotten one. Don't give up on him. God can come in and change a man's heart. God can come in and change that water to wine. God can change the very structure of your dysfunctional home and bring peace into it. I have seen more families changed. <coughs> we, just, we just buried a man Friday who was a friend of mine. In, no, he was never a friend of mine. Started off as an enemy of mine in junior high till he came 40 years later into this church. A man born again. A man who had burned all his bridges and a man who had been at odds with so many of his relatives and family. But God had changed him miraculously. Changed him to where his funeral was a celebration of a homecoming. A restoration to the family. And so much done because God took some water and he changed it into wine. That's what God can do for our families. Amen. Last of all, we see that wine has always been a symbol of God's covenant blessings. When Israel has won a battle, when Israel won a victory, when Israel got right with God, He would tell them to have wine and to celebrate the blessings that God brought to them. Wine is always a, celebrate, a celebration of covenant blessing. And there is no greater covenant blessing than the bread and the wine that Jesus gave us. It is the bread of His own body by which He took all sickness and disease and sin upon it so that by His blood we were bought with a price and the blood of His body is the wine of the new covenant by which we are cleansed. He took the water of us as a people being pagans and lost in a world of sin and made the wine of His blood to cleanse us and to nourish us and to bring every promise of God into our availability. This is the blood of Jesus. This is the covenant blessing. The new wine of His Holy Spirit. Would you begin to intercede for your family, praying in the Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit to do His work and watch what Jesus will do. But what's most important and finally is that Jesus told the servant, draw some out now. Draw it out now. I have to believe that when Jesus spoke that to the servant, it was his words that said, draw it out now, that Jesus speaking the now, the prophetic presence, the prophetic revelation of who he is beginning his miraculous ministry, as soon as they dipped in by faith into the now of Jesus, it was transformed. So how many of you are ready to draw some of the Holy Spirit's answers to your prayers now. Right now. <clears throat> some of you need to make a decision. You've been putting it off. You keep saying, maybe, maybe I'll do this. You keep praying again some 
some really weak, wimpy prayer when you go to bed or when you eat your food. But now it's time to say, now I'm seeking God for the change. Now I'm going to change my heart. Now I'm going to change my mind and my attitude. It's about time some of us recognize that we're the problem. You're not going to know it till the Holy Ghost begins to cause that fermentation to happen and change the water of your thinking into the revelation of Jesus' wine. I don't know how many arguments I thought I was right in, and I'd go outside grumbling, saying, Jesus, that woman, and then I'd pray, and God would just nail me and show me how wrong I was. I don't know how you stay married without the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. Mm-mm. Because without the Holy Ghost, you're always right. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit is able to begin to show you something you couldn't see beyond your own ignorance, beyond your own flesh, beyond your own desires... And so I don't know what he's going to do, but he's saying, draw now out of the well of my blood, out of my wine, and begin to understand what, in fact, is going wrong in your family situation. Could it be you've got a wrong heart that needs to be changed? Maybe it's you saying, I'm sorry. Maybe it's you breaking the pride issue and going to that person and saying, I was wrong. Whatever it is. He's got the remedy. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank God for the ministry of your Holy Spirit today. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And it is now the time of repentance. It is now the time of healing. It is now the time for the miracle of Cana to come. We've been running on empty too long. Fill the tank, Lord God, with your love. Fill the tank with your patience. The very fruit of your Holy Spirit is the wine of your blessings. God, fill our lives with that fruit right now.